I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome along to the Shore Pool. It's the Rugby Pass podcast. Usually with Scotty and Mills Mulyaina, but today Millsy's stuck in Invercargill. <laughs> so, so old mate Stevie Bates, former All Black and Waikato captain, joins us. Uh, co-host of the Team Talk show as well. G'day, Bateson. How are you, mate? Couldn't think of worse places to be stuck in. You could in Invercargill. Think, yeah. Well, Ooh. he's stuck there with family. There's ear infections. There's all sorts oh. going on. School holidays. Have they almost killed you? Yeah, mate, haven't been too bad. My kids are up in the wonderful Northland, um, and they're enjoying themselves. So, have you? How long have you been on your own for? Um, since I dropped them off when I was up there doing the uh, tunny fars on Saturday, I dropped them off there, and the wife's picking them up tomorrow night. So, what you're saying to me is you've had uh, well, this will be your fourth straight night as a bachelor, and you haven't once called to say, "Hey, do you want to go for a beer? Do you want to go out for a meal?" Nothing. No, no. no. When you say bachelor, this is like. Me and the wife have had three date nights in a row, which normally us take three date nights. That normally takes like three years. So, you oh, know. so you've been out with the wife for three oh, straight yes. nights. Don't worry about that. Oh, oh don't worry about that. Right. I've got good books. I've been in the good books, mate. Righto. Well, that's very disloyal of you. <laughs> fellas are sitting back waiting for an excuse to go to the pub and you're out with your wife. That's great, mate. I'm glad someone's happy, but, but I'm not. I'll tell you who's not happy, Batesy, and we're going to talk about this on the short ball today, and that's Taranaki. I have no idea what happened to Taranaki this season. I really don't. We've both done a few games mm. uh, with the Bulls this year. Uh, they looked at the start of the season as if they had a squad, certainly a pack, that could go out there and do the job and keep them near the top of the table where they have been over recent seasons. And then after that Shield loss to Waikato, they have just not looked the same. And I'm trying to figure it out. We've all tried to figure out what exactly has gone wrong. But I can't pinpoint one thing. Is there something you've looked at with this Taranaki team that you think if, if they can sort that, then they may yet stave off relegation? Uh, no, not one thing. Um, and I suppose I can allude to a few things. You talk about Taranaki who have gone after losing the Shield. They've gone downwards. Mm. You talk about Waikato has gone the opposite way. You know, So maybe that's the influence of the Shield. But I've got it now. You've got it? Yeah, you go good when you've got wood. <laughs> is that is that what we're talking about? Yeah, that's where we'll go. We'll go there. We'll go there. We'll go there. All right. No, carry on. Um. So I mean, and then other than that, I mean, they've had a few injuries. They've had a few injuries, but I tend to agree with you. At the beginning of the year, you looked at the Markle and you looked at Naki and you thought, oh, 
than Canterbury's always there. They're always mm-hmm. pesting around. Yeah, they are. Yeah, but you know, you look at those other two and you think well, they're going to be there. Had a couple of injuries, um, and then the only thing I can really allude to that I sort of thought is they almost they almost don't really use their forward pack a lot. They almost their forward pack are servants to their backs, mm. and perhaps they need a little bit more sort of oomph out of their forwards, but. There's nothing I can really pinpoint, to be honest with you. And I guess without being in the squad, it's hard to know. Look, they've still made over a 1,000 carries this year, but their metres carried has got to be the big concern for them. If you look at Tasman, 4,700. Wellington, who are a freak show, 6,100. Auckland, over 4,000. Canterbury, over 4,000. North Harbour, over 4,000. Taranaki, uh, 3.7k in terms of running metres made this year. And that's all... that that's still off over a thousand carries. So the the carry rate has parity with the rest, but their meters per carry is well down on where the front runners are. That surprises me when you've got the likes of Jesse Pareti, Peter Gus Soakula, big boys in that pack who can motor. Losing Angus Tarval hasn't helped them mm. to all black duty, but those are big ball running forwards who should be making many more inroads into defences than they are and have done over the last six weeks of this comp. Yep. But also, I'd like to know, like uh, you say, like Seta Tamani Valu. I'd like to know his carry meters. I think they'd be through the roof. Mm. But the problem is, is those guys you mentioned, some are cooler and guys like that, I don't think they've sort of had the game plan to get them involved. And as I said, they've almost been servants. You scrum, you line out, you give us a ball, and we'll do everything from there. Well, you know, you've got to get those guys coming around the corner and then denting the line and then giving it to guys like Tamani Valu, who, you know, with a dented line... You know, he's hard enough to stop with an undented line. So, exactly. And that's what I talk about when I think their forwards have had to be a little bit, I know this is a, probably not the best way to say it, but they've, almost, they've just been almost slaves to their backs and mm. they need to sort of rectify that on the weekend because they're playing Wellington and, as you'll allude to, is a massive game for them, both teams, but a massive game. But what they do has is they, I know they've had a few injuries, but they still have the quality there to cause an upset, and it is upset because from the way they've been going. It will be an upset. Wellington have been, I think, one of the stars of the Premiership this year, considering it was only last year that they got themselves back up into the top flight. Uh, Chris Gibbs' first year in charge, he's just carried that through. They've got an exciting team, Wellington, and when you give them ball to play with, we were talking just before the short ball today, Batesy, you went down and, and did a Wellington game, and you saw what they wanted to do with ball in hand. Mm. And as I mentioned before, over 6,000 running metres, no one comes close to that in this competition. And that includes Tasman, who have the world's best ball runner (laughs) at the moment, Will Jordan. So uh, for Taranaki, if they don't go back to traditional Gordy Andy Slater, Smiley Barrett, Bull Allen, chuck it up the guts, then they are going to be in trouble because it doesn't seem to me that they are going to be able to stop the flood if Wellington get their share of pill. Probably not what we want to see is people at home watching it, but make it boring. Scrum it. Scrum it. Kick it out. Kick it into row 10. Line out, drive it. You know, probably not what we want to see. We want to see Wellington throw the ball around and and, and play that kind of football. But if you're a Naki fan, if you're in the Naki, that's what you've got to do because you're not going to match it with Wellington, are they? As you said, look at the running metres. When they get them behind, when they offload, I don't know if there's any team in the comp that can match it with them. 212 tackles they've missed, made a total of 1,200 this year, give or take a couple. So they're going okay on the tackle count, 85%. And that's, so that's not the problem for me. It's their lack of uh, output on offense that is the real concern. 25 tries this season for Taranaki. The front runners are 42, 38. That's the sort of level they should be at. And we saw that again with Bodine Waka, Manasa Mataeli, 
Tay Wald and Seta Tamani Valo. I mean, that's just four of the big names in that back line. That, that's a good back line. Mm. When you can put those four names up there, those are all super rugby quality players. To get 25 tries so far in the season, that's poor production from them. And, and you mentioned the fact that the forwards are maybe slaves to their back line. But even if that's the case, the back line's not doing the work with the ball that they need to be doing and should be doing. Yeah, that's right. Um, but like, I know when you when you go into a game and you're looking like an op- opposition and you're looking how they play, you almost say, right, well, because their forwards are slaves to their backs, you're looking, well, who, who's going to give them punch? And it's um, setter. So you, you just target setter, stop it at the source, and then they've got to go to plan B. Yeah. And that's my problem at the moment with them is I'm not sure they've got a plan B. So, you know, that, if we're aware of it, I'm sure they're aware of it. And, oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, maybe they'll fix it become uh, Friday night against Wellington. Well, they have to win this game. And, and the fact is, uh, look, I love where the Premiership sits at the moment because nothing's nothing's decided. Last round of the competition, Auckland are going through their storm. They're going to face North Harbour at Eden Park on Sunday afternoon. We'll get to that game in just a moment. Taranaki and Counties Monaco locked in a relegation battle. Both of those teams, both Taranaki and Counties Monaco, have to play playoff teams. Mm. Uh, for Taranaki, it's Wellington. For Counties Monaco, it's Canterbury. I don't like Counties Monaco's chances against Canterbury, which means it's all on this game. So you've got the promotion relegation battle going on. Mm. You've got the playoff mix still to be decided. And Wellington really want a bonus point out of this. If they get the bonus point victory, they shut Harbour down. That's all she wrote. And Wellington are in the finals. So th- there is so much going on this game alone, which is going to have an impact on the rest of the competition. And that's what I love about the last week of this comp. Everything is there to play for. Barring three teams in the championship who have no show, Bay of Plenty, Manawatu and Southland, everyone else has got something riding on this round. Yeah, And that's why we were sitting outside before we started here and we're trying to go through, oh, if this happens and this happens, and that's why I'm going to keep it pretty general because I can say, if, oh, if this happens, they'll go here. But you can't. You know, because as you said, you've really got to analyse it and have a have mm. a PC in front of you and work it out. But yeah, I got that here. <laughs> if you look at it like that, like it is just a wonderful competition. And this year, probably more than ever. Mm. You know, as you said, there's three teams with nothing to play for. All the rest have got something to play for. I was, I was writing for Rugby Pass yesterday, Colin. Why do we turn our backs on this competition? Why have people let it slide into a slow and depressing decline in terms of? Uh, fans going to the games mm. in terms of the way we view it. To me, and it's always been this way ever since I started in, in sports casting, the Minor 10 Cup or the ITM Cup or the Air New Zealand Cup or the NPC, what, whatever you want to call it, has always, to me, been the heart of New Zealand rugby. That's what it's all about. It is the one thing you can get behind by virtue of the fact that you support the team from the place where you were born. Yep. You, you don't get that with a club or a franchise. And yet we still seem to look at this competition and every year I hear the same complaints about it. Oh, yeah, but there's no All Blacks. There haven't been All Blacks in this competition for years. And why does that matter? Mm. What What is it about this comp, which I think is genuinely exciting, which always throws up a couple of great stars for the future, which always has great games, which always features some of the best tries of the year. Why is it that people can't get excited about it? Well, and and when, I say, when you say people can't get excited, I'm not going to... Blanket that across anything because I was up in Whangarei on uh, Saturday and um, wonderful crowd. Mate, we'd get excited about the opening of a scallop in Whangarei. <laughs> but you, uh, there you go. And here goes my next point. Here goes, as you know, my uh, in-laws and uh, all my wife's family live in Whangarei. So what did they do? They went fishing in the morning. I'm not sure if they got any scallops, but they went fishing in they the did. morning. They did. They just didn't tell you. <laughs> they went fishing in the morning 
and then they all went to the rugby in the afternoon. Yeah. Two thirty kickoff, lovely weather. That to me is the blueprint for for rugby in the provinces. It was wonderful. I've been on a game last year. I haven't done it this year in the uh, Tauranga Domain for the Bay. Exactly the same thing. So when we say um, that we've got disregard for it, I don't think it's everyone. But I do agree with you. Like um, like you look at say the North Harbour and you look at Auckland, they really struggle. Bigger stadiums, of course, but they really struggle to get a sort of atmosphere. But I love yeah. the Mighty Ten Cup rugby. I really do. It's my favourite competition. Yeah, I look, I, I do as well. And and I mean, I don't need to say because it it always sounds self defeatist that you know the competition's done. It is what it is, and and that's the end of it. But I. I don't think it's irreversible. I, I think people will come back if you make the product and talk about the product in the way it should be spoken about. It, this is our heritage game. Mm. The Auckland, the, the, the Canterbury's, the Wellingtons, the Harbors, the Counties, Monaco's, the Taranaki, the, the, the heritage of our game started in the provinces. This is where guys can go and represent where they're from. And I know it's changed in the professional age because a lot of teams now feature draft players from outside of their provinces. So it's not the lineal progression it once was. You play for your school, you play for your club. The best club players play for the province. I know it's not like that. So it's been bastardised in a sense. But still, there is so much great action and so many great players to get around. And and I, it just it kills me a little bit. I die a little bit on the inside when I don't see people turning up for games. Which brings me neatly to the Battle of the Bridge. Mm. This should be absolutely 100% the biggest provincial game in the country every single year. Every single year. Biggest population base Two sides of the harbour, yep. a massive rivalry, has been intense since the union was formed back in 85, played the greatest, most violent final of all time. This should be the blockbuster game of the provincial calendar. And yet here we are again wondering if Eden Park will even need a security guard on the gate. Yeah, well, there's, there's no excuse. It's not on a Friday night. You don't have to worry about traffic. It's on a Sunday afternoon. Perfect. Go to church on Sunday morning. You've got nothing else to do. You'd only go to church if you had nothing else to do. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, that's, well, you can go to church if you like. It's up to you. I wasn't going to my personally, but I was just saying. You're not going you know, to church. No, no you did. There's yeah. no way they're yeah. taking you back. <laughs> not after what you did. <laughs> just, look, this is a great game, but I do know that people are trying to get uh, fans along there and young fans too, which is great because the 2.30 kickoff really makes that happen. But uh, you're over a, uh, an initiative from Auckland Rugby here. Yeah, and I think this is one absolutely wonderful. So, Auckland Rugby has put out there for all their um, under 13 age group players that they can come and show an email that is sent out from the union and they can get into the ground for free. Good that's idea. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. That's what you talk about. Well, you talk about the lineage of the game. That's giving back because as you've seen all competition, they're not going to sell it out, are they? Mm -hmm. So why not try and create atmosphere? And even better than that, not only have they only done it to their, for their own union, they've also included every under-13 player on the other side of the bridge as well. So I just really hope that people take up that opportunity. You can take your kids along, you know, as long as they're represented in one of the unions, for free. And then you can still afford to buy them an $8 hot dog. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. <laughs> the $8 hot dog. We need to talk about the, the $14 chips hot dog and Coke combo. Come on, man. I can feed a family of six for $14. Oh, I don't know. There's a, there's a, up in Kingsland, there's a, there's, a, there's a shop that sells pies. So grab a few pies, dollar pies, pies, pies before you go in. Dollar yep. pies on the way. Dollar pies on the way with a, uh, a water brought from home. Just sort it. You can't bring the water from home. No, but you just chop it before you go in there and water, yeah, no more. Yeah, okay. Understand. Tina, our uh, producer, is, is absolutely knowing. Is that a three-litre bottle of water you're running today, Tina? Yeah. Yeah. Four-litre bottle of water. Are you dehydrated as hell or what? What's the deal? Have you just run a marathon today? Well, it's given me 
Ten week cut. What does that mean? I got to shred to win the money. You've got to shred to win the money. Shred what? Not water. Not water. <laughs> no. That was that full when you started today. Yeah. Because you've gone through. How many times have you gone to the toilet? Oh, so many. Yeah. Mm. Welcome to the short ball, by the way, Tina. Uh, Alice has left. Now we're talking about how many times you've had to urinate today. That's straight off the bat. That's a great start. Welcome along, Tina. Thanks. What's your What's your home province, Tina? What rugby team would you support in the Mitre Ten Cup? I don't know. No, you do. Are you Are you Auckland born and raised? Yes, I am. You're all, so you, so you're an Auckland supporter, right? If we just or no, yeah. you umming and ahhing there. Yeah. We're. I'm, I'm Personal player, not really a club. You're a player. Are oh, you like the players? Yeah. Which player do you like? Specific kind. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, hang on. What? Hang on. No, we're talking about oh, it now. No. What? Oh, did I not give you any preparation time? No, you, do oh, you don't. You don't want to say which players you like. Yeah. Understood. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> don't, don't look at me like that. Okay, but we've clearly established that you're Auckland born and raised. Can I have your home to the nearest suburb, please? Yes. So um, you're a Westie. Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised in the West. Yeah. Okay. So there, there. I knew there was something good about her. You're right. <laughs> I knew right from the minute I met her today that there's something good about that two, girl. Where two Westies mm. collide. You'll you'll go well in life. That's don't right. you worry. So so raised in Henderson in the west of Auckland, yep. and then you've you've migrated in yeah. Central City. Into the town and yeah, it was yeah. a bit much for me. Was it? All these people, fancy dresswear. <laughs> I'm like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not about this place. <laughs> Come out of the West, mate. It's, a, it's an all-new approach here well, in the Central City. I tell you what, she's done very well because you know, she's come out of the West and she's not wearing eight Doc Martens. So no. she's no come dogs. a long way. No not dogs. even black jeans. No. A little bit concerned. Yeah. it's but She's you, forgotten where she's from. No, you can take... <laughs> you can take the Westie out of the West, but you know what they say. Well, we're, we're going to come back to you through the podcast series. Before the Mitre 10 Cup is over, Tino, I want a full rundown of your favourite player and why. And if this is all about aesthetics, I'm calling sexism on you. You can't do that. You can't objectify men in this podcast, okay? Spoiler alert, it kind of is. Yeah, no, shit it is. Yeah, so you just go and rinse your mouth out with some of that four litres of water and you come back to us later. We've got Wellington Taranaki on the Friday. We've got the, the Battle of the Bridge on the Sunday. Uh, two crucial games which, which will decide the playoff mix. Harbour must be a bit disappointed this year, actually, I think, Batesy, in, in the way that they're now on the cusp because I think they've had a good enough team to get there. They're missing Matt Duffy, so Talia will take his place, but he's been pretty good this mm -hmm. year as well. Shooter Stevenson. And the rumours going around about Stevenson coming to the Blues next year out of the Chiefs. That would be a massive coup for the Blues if, if that were the case. Uh, but a lot goes now on Stevenson and Lee on the wings and, and to Leah filling that space. But I want to talk about one player in particular. That's Harrison Groundwater. Hmm. I have been really impressed with Harrison Groundwater. He played his blazer game last week for North Harbour. He is not a name you would mention in dispatches most of the time, but he has just done a Hadley Parks-esque job for Harbour this year. And he's the sort of player I think Harbour have been desperate for for a long time. He'll chug it up the guts. He'll make his tackles. He'll distribute when necessary. That's the sort of backline glue that that team, I think, has needed for a long time. Yes, and, and, I, and I suppose, you know, that was when you looked at the Harbour team, they've got a pretty rock star backline, don't they? Right. But 12 and 13 was a problem area for them. So um, 
Harrison's come in there and, and done really well. Just a just a local club player, you know, who's that's been it. around the scene for a while. Mm. Um, and a guy that's come really good and sort of shored up that midfield. And um Harbour will certainly be hoping that he doesn't he doesn't get injured because he's become an integral part mm. of what they've been doing all year, really. So I think he started um a little bit slowly, as did Harbour. So it's probably hand in hand. And I think he's probably in his own admission, probably learnt quite a lot a lot about maybe defending at this kind of level, I, I would say. So they, they found a few holes there early, but as the competition's gone on, he's got better and better. I think we've seen that in the past with Harbour Plus. The club guys have been brought in, the club stalwarts have played for Harbour, and, and it has been a defensive weakness that has really cost them more games in the jersey. But Groundwater seems to me like the kind of kid who under Dan Halangahu and, and, and Tom Coventry has really thrived and learnt on the go. And that's what's required in this competition because you don't have a lot of on-grass time to learn. And again, you talked about back to the lineage and stuff like that of this competition. As Harbour is a province that is never going to roll out 23 super rugby players. Mm. So they need to um, develop from within, you know, and, and Harrison's a perfect example of that. A guy that at the start of the year, oh, I'm not being rude, but he was just a club player. Mm. And now he's more than that and going really well. Mm. So um, the learning and the growth from him this year, what he will have taken from it um, will have been wonderful to set him up in the future, you know. So, and you talk about defensively, I suppose the thing defensively at club level, it's a lot more one out. You know, you go minor ten. All of a sudden, you got you got um, one running a short uh, short there. You go short ball. One that way, one that way, and all of a sudden, you got to make decisions. So um, his learning will be uh, tremendous for him going forward. One battle I'm looking forward to in this one is Bryn Gatlin, who obviously has a point to prove uh, to fans at Eden Park that perhaps he deserves a bit more of a go for the Blues in the ten jersey before deciding to sign with the Highlanders. Up against Harry Plummer, who um, I think has done a pretty good job for this Auckland side as a young kid. Can we just talk about Harry Plummer's diff for a second? <laughs> I, I don't usually want to talk about a player's diff, but Harry Plummer is running some Luke McAllister-sized arse and thighs. Oh, no. You, you, take him, you take him from hips up, yep. and you just think, Jeepers, boy, go get a feed. Yes. And then go hips down, and whew, yep. Jeepers. That's a, that's a big hammer swing in that nail. That's, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> that certainly is, mate. It certainly is. I think Harry Plummer's been good for me because I, I don't think he's tried that hard. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Which I've really enjoyed about Harry Plummer's play. He's just done his job and uh, he's had good service from either Fuka Fuka or Uru, which either, either way you look at it. Gatlin's had great service from Bryn Hall. But 
this is a great battle for me. I, the Gatlin Plummer battle, I think, will go a long way in this game, deciding on who wins. Both guys, uh, you know, I think, need to work on their kicking game, and both guys probably need to take the line on a bit more. But I think Gatlin's going to be more primed to do that than Plummer in this clash. Yeah, and I think you say go back to what you said, like there would be a little edge because Gatlin says he could have, he thinks he would have should got more time in the ten jersey with the Blues. I was down doing the Harbour versus um, Naki game, and he was a good two, three points over Perifeta that day. Yeah. So if you really look at it, Gatlin's probably gone down the line there to the Highlanders because Plummer, you know, he's been New Zealand in the 20s. He's almost pushed him out a little bit. So you can't say there's not a little bit of edge. Oh, there'll be niggle. Yeah. You don't tell me that the 10s don't go up against each other and try and score points. Of course they do. Mm. So it's, it's all on. And, and oi, to go back also to what you said about Harry Plummer, he has been very good. And I think... You hit the nail on the head by saying um, by saying he hasn't tried too hard. He's had good service inside. He's got um, TJ outside him and and also some really good classy wins. And mm. they've just almost, I know, without being there, I don't know, they've almost just said to them, okay, you just control the game. You don't need to run everything. You yep. don't need to take the line all the time. Yep. Just push us around the park. And for a man of 20 years of age, he's done it really, really he well. He has. And you're right about TJ Fine. He's had a great season. And so has uh, Tamua Manu. Mm. Look, you've got to be honest about Tamua Manu. We've talked about Harrison Groundwater. Tamua Manu was a college rifles club player last year, press ganged into the Blues out of desperation. And here he is now back at Mitre 10 Cup level, and he is carving up Tamua Manu. I, that midfield battle for me and is, is worth the price of admission. That's going to be outstanding. And um, it goes back to, to uh, when he played against the uh, Crusaders, I about to say, Canterbury. Mm. And uh, he was outstanding that day. Mm. And Auckland were under the pump. And we'll, again, we'll go back to what you said about groundwater. When people sort of go up a level... It's the defence, the attack's attack, you know, you yeah. get the ball and you run. But the, it's a defence, especially in the midfield where there's a lot of traffic coming, that um, you can get a little bit unstuck. But he hasn't come unstuck once. Not that I've seen. I haven't no. seen every single game, but I've seen quite a few. And he hasn't come unstuck once. And him and TJ have been rock solid defensively and also have created a lot of opportunities on the on attack. Otago's going to know what they have to do in terms of hosting a home semi-final. That'll all be taken care of when Hawks Bay play Tasman. If Hawks Bay get that victory, and, and that'll be a tough ask for them, even at home, uh, they will go through and host a semi-final. Otago can't catch them then. But Otago taking on Waikato for the Ramfilly Shield. I uh, Go back to the point I made about the competition and, and, and how much I love this. Remember the last Shield game between these two ended with Otago taking the Shield for the first time in, what, 50-odd years, 60 years. They'd be desperate to do it again. And I still don't think there's any team in the competition that has more variety in their strike plays than Otago does. Uh, it's quintessential of Otago teams to see them scoring tries the way they do. I think something like 28 of the 35 tries they've scored have come from line out or scrum. They have a veritable Henry Winkler-sized water boy playbook <laughs> of strike plays. But then again, so do Waikato. Mm -hmm. So the intrigue in this game is going to be whether Otago can pull the wool over Waikato's eyes because they have looked organised. They ran out a young midfield against the Tanifa, put 71 points on them last weekend, which was a, an abomination for the Tanifa. Whether Otago can bamboozle a team that looks as well organised as Waikato. I'll start with Waikato. They, as you said, and you've said it, well organised. They not only scored points against the Tanifa, and then after that, um, I think they scored 10 tries or something like that. I counted nine of the ten tries. They took the ball from the kickoff. They took a couple of phases and then booted the Tanifa back down into the interior tree and said to the Tanifa, go play out of there. So when you talk about organisation, their organisation was ridiculous and that was controlled by their nine and ten. 
Fletcher Smith and, and Jack Stratton. That's the word I was struggling for a name. No, I, I agree. Stratton and Smith have been the best signings Waikato have made in years, Batesy. Yeah. In years. With Lance down the 15, mm-hmm. those three controlled that game. I'm not saying that there's plenty of forwards and the young midfield, they all contributed. But the 9, 10 and 15, um, they just controlled the game to a T. And the Tanifa who were coming off the back of a storm week, had to keep playing from back inside their 22 and it just got a bit hard for them and the legs were tired and Waikato had the perfect game plan. You've also got to realise now that Otago is now coming off the storm week. Yeah. The only difference there is, is that they rested, rotated, whatever funky word you want to use, in their last game against Tasman, they rested, I'll say, a good chunk of their squad. So do they have that same effect? And you talk about variation, give the ball to Matt Faddis. I love the white Fijian. (laughs) (laughs) He is 100% the whitest Fijian going, Matt Faddis. It's on him, I reckon, this game. He's got two other Fijians, Karoi and... I know, but he's the the white Fijian, especially he's like a white tiger. Ah, okay, rear. He's very rare. Oh, okay. He's a rare breed. I didn't give him that nickname, by the way. His super rugby coaches did. But, um, yeah, because he's mercurial. You'd have to say that about Matt Fatters. But what he is is versatile. So he knows how to play 15, wing, center, 12. He knows how to play 10 at a pinch. He has got to control that midfield because Sweeney will likely come back into the mix for Waikato, the captain. He's got Quinn Tupaya, who's been a revelation. And um, wasn't Balen Sullivan good last oh, week yeah. as well? I mean, these kids are what, 19, 20 years of age? Yeah. Tupai yeah. and Sullivan? Mate, that, Tupai, that's a friction. You, you're like this, mate. Tupai's got uh, lineage from the North, mate. His yeah, mum's mate. a uh, Pompelio girl. All the greatest do, mate. Of course, of course. Mm. All the greatest come in a Tanifat territory. You know this, Basie. You know this for a fact. Shield game, uh, which needs no advertisement as far as I'm concerned, mm. certainly not one between Otago and Wellington uh, and Waikato. The rivalry itself is wonderful. I mean, you played in a few games against Otago. I mean, there was something special about that game. It all stems from the fact Richard Lowe tried to blind Greg Cooper. Probably went back a bit further than that, too, to the Arthur Stone days. But um, Who's Matt's brother? Yes. <laughs> that was vicious. I still remember that. Do you remember that final? Yes, man, I do. That was, I do. Man, that was vicious. Yeah. That, that, was, uh, that was all time. It was the 92 or 93 final. I think it was the 92 final. It was insane, whatever it was. Yeah, I'm not sure, to be yeah, honest Lowy with you. just yeah. teeing off. Greg yeah. Cooper literally blinded like King Lear <laughs> afterward. No good at all. No good at all. And then the Tanifara got Bay of Plenty. And uh, I bring up this game because the semi-finalists are set in the championship. Waikato will host a home semi-final. Hawks Bay and Otago are fighting it out to host the other home semi-final. And the Tanifara are in the mix. But they're going to want to do something other, as opposed to limping in there. Because you can, if they lose to Bay of Plenty, who are behind them on the points table, can't, can't get, leapfrog them into the playoffs. They cannot afford to go down heavy again and then go into a playoff mix where they will likely face Waikato again. Mm. They, they need something, and I don't know how they turn it around because they have been the architects of their own demise in most of their losses this season. They have to put last week down to just one of those days, don't they? Yeah, just chuck it, screw it up and throw in the bin and get rid of it. Like, digest it first thing on Sunday, Monday morning, whatever, and just get rid of it and then start again. You've got you to yep. put it down to a bit of fatigue, and then, as you say, they have to have a really good performance against the Bay. And a good performance is not a good performance and lose. Just beat them. And beat them well, because the Bay, unfortunately, this year, for reasons I'm not too sure again, mm. they've struggled. So get them and get a little bit of momentum, get that winning feeling back, and then they can be a threat, because when they're at their best at Tanifar, they've got some strike power too. Okay. Now, here's a question for you. Dane Coles comes back. Yep. Are you happy to see him back? Are you relieved to see him back? Do you worry, after all this time, about 
how he will perform and how he will respond to to game time? Um, am I happy to see him back? Yeah, I'm happy to see him back because he's a, a wonderful footballer. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to see him back. Um, am I worried? I'm worried that people have, um, almost since he's been away, like as I said, a wonderful footballer, but since he's been away, he's almost um, become more of a wonderful footballer in his absence. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I just, I just concerned that he comes back and he's been a long time out of the game and maybe he's a strider too off and people are saying, well, that's not the Dane Coles we used to Cut him some slack. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Just let him work his way back into it. And mm-hmm. and for Dane Coles and for Wellington, and I, I'm picking they'll probably take him on the India tour no matter what, as long as he's fit. And for the All Blacks, um, they really need Wellington to get up and win this one. So he's got a couple of games under his belt. Also in the news this week, Sam Kane uh, broke his neck. <laughs> Jesus. Um, now, here's the thing about the Sam Kane story, right? <clears throat> let me clear my throat here. I feel a rent coming on. <laughs> when I say Sam Kane breaks his neck was in the news, literally for a microsecond before everyone started talking about who replaces him. And it struck me that this is the reality for players at that level of the game, isn't it? The story wasn't a week-long vigil for Sam Kane with a broken neck, hoping that he will come through surgery okay. Literally no sooner had he been put in a Johannesburg hospital then every single news story was about who's going to replace him and why we're missing Matt Todd and get fill the gap, fill the gap, fill the gap. There's a callousness about that that kind of gets me. I know that sport goes on and the All Blacks continue, but here's a bloke marooned in a bed in a Johannesburg hospital mm. and the bed's not even cold. The jersey's still warm from the game and everyone's like, well, who fills it? Mm. And I... I understand the news cycle, I I do, but man, it just made me realise once more that your time in any jersey in professional sport is so limited and once you are gone, people just move on. Mm. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it is. And and to be fair, almost like, as you alluded to, probably a little bit disappointing. We've had a man here that potentially... Well, there's no, there's no talk about uh, how good he was, or hopefully he's okay, or anything like that. Let's let's think about. Hold on, let's think about his mum and dad. You're right, and and his and his family, who's back in New Zealand, and worrying about you know my poor son or whatever has just broken his neck. I hope he's all right. And they turn on the radio, they'll, they'll be in contact with him. Obviously, they turn on radio, and all they're thinking about is, oh my poor son. I hope he's recovering well from his operation. And all we're talking about is, well, he's gone. Who's next? <laughs> I know, and I know Sam Kane would understand that, one hundred percent understand it. But yeah, it just, it just makes me realise that. And sometimes when we talk about players, and 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 we're so casual when we throw out the critique, and we're so uh, quick to move on when a player isn't performing well. You know, Julian Savier is having his struggles up in Toulon again, and they'll just move on because they don't give a shit up there about what a player's going through or why. It's just perform or you're out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it it just struck me once again, Batesy, how. This is the brutality of sport. And I know that New Zealand rugby don't want to talk about broken necks. There's no way they do, and I can understand why, and we all know why. Uh, but, yeah, I just I just thought, is there a cooling-off period here before we start looking for the successor? Well, and also, too, like, I know that we, we all, you know, the all-black jersey, everyone must stay in New Zealand for 17 years and play and stuff like this. But you also got to remember as well, and I know we're very harsh at people that leave, you know, you also got to remember, like, that just shows you how yeah. quickly we toss you aside. 
So, and I'm not meaning Sam, I'm not meaning you, but uh, it's just an example. You know what I mean? So he's broken his neck and we're looking for the next one already. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've I'm not, got to I'm have not a laughing at Sam Kane's neck. Yeah, I'm not laughing know? at Sam Kane's neck, by the way. I'm just, I'm laughing at the ridiculousness of, of the sport sometimes. Michael Checker was called in uh, to the board for Australian Rugby Batesy, also on the news, and uh, he's got a plan. Great. Yeah, well, it's... He's got a tough gig, I'll tell you that much. But I will say, I saw his rant and I enjoyed it. Did you like I enjoyed that? it. I loved it. You've, start, loved you've it. started down your coaching pathway. Yeah. That could be. I could see you doing that. I could see you doing that. I didn't need. I didn't need to hear what he was saying. <laughs> there would have been a few beeps in there if you could hear. But I just enjoyed the passion. You know, whether we're like, and I know he takes a bit of heat, and and like he, to be fair, is struggling. But I actually enjoy what he brings to the game. He he, we're talking about him. He brings a bit of theatre to the game. Whether he's a good coach or not, I've got no idea. You know what I mean? But I actually don't mind yeah, Michael do. Checker at all. Yeah, you, you know, you have an idea whether he's a good coach or not. His team was thirty-four points down against Argentina. I, I know they they found their way. They came back. They won the game. But they should have never been there. They should have never been in that position, quite frankly, and they should have always won that game. I don't know why people are surprised. But, you know, they'll paper over the chasm again and uh, everything will be fine because they live in a, in a cycle of willful denial. Uh, the League of Nations, wrote about this a couple of weeks yeah. ago, uh, apparently the brainchild of Augustine Pichot, and it looks like it's going to happen. Uh, what are your thoughts on this in terms of a yearly, I guess, test championship? to give genuine and real-time rankings yearly in years other than Rugby World Cup. Are you for it, against it, and why do you think they want to do it? Um, to be honest with you, I, I actually don't mind the way it is at the moment. The reason why I don't mind the way it is at the moment is because I think it puts more emphasis on the World Cup. Um, whether you could whether you could have maybe um, the winner of the um, Rugby Championship Go and play the winner of the Six Nations. That's what well, that's what they're looking at. You know, like something like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that actually. But um, yeah, I don't mind how it is at the moment. But the winner of the, uh, I would love to see an annual game, and that's when you've got to get that calendar together, yep. the the whole year calendar. If yep. they can get that calendar together, like they're talking about, I don't think it's a, it's too bad an idea as it stands at the moment. Well, I don't think it's impossible, but if you get the calendars aligned, I do think it's a wonderful idea. Well, they've somewhat buried the lead in the story today because obviously this is about money. It's about controlling the fixtures that matter mm. because now we are seeing greater pressure than ever on the RFU, on the Australian Rugby Union, on New Zealand Rugby in terms of the battle for players, for resource, and the money that is being spent in private ownership in, in the super clubs around the world. This, to me, is about making sure that the revenues are generated for the rugby unions and not for the club owners. This is going to end in a scrap because World Rugby may want this to happen and they may be able to make it happen and they may have all the signatories to it agreed to go. But the club owners are going to look at this and go, oh, I know you've got windows, but this guy's not 100% and we don't want to release him. So we are going to be heading for the same scraps over and over again, are we not? Yeah. And as you say, the private owners got pretty deep pockets. Well, they have, you know. And and as we've found out, like a lot of t a lot of players go up to the Northern Hemisphere to play, and it is what it is. And to be honest with you, I don't think within reason. I don't think you can stop it. You can, well, no, you can't stop players, especially when you're offering two, three million dollars a year. Look, we we know Bodie's going to go after the World Cup. Mm. We know that a whole host of these All Blacks are going to go after the World Cup. Likely, Adi Sabir will go after the World Cup as well. We know this because we're realists, right? 
And because the money on offer there is just, you, you can't compete with that. And, and as you mentioned before, you, you're on such a knife edge in professional sport that if, if you have that money guaranteed and you have an all-black jersey potential, um, you, despite the fact that, yes, it's a great honour to wear the all-black jersey as you have, Batesy, you, you're taking that money. Yeah, but here, here's what I think, and I know it's it's topical at the moment because I've seen headlines we're going to regret saying sayonara to Todd, you know, and I understand. But to be honest with you, I don't think it's such a bad idea to do what he's done. Mm. He's just jumped up to Japan, you know, and let's be honest with you, like he's gone for all sorts of reasons, but at the end of the day, he's gone to fill his coffers. And yep. there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing yep. wrong with that at all. Jerome Kaino has also done it. But the beauty about it, come Super Rugby, He's back playing for the Crusaders in World Cup. Yeah, I just think that we, like the Japan is almost a lesser of two evils. You know what I mean? You're not going up to Europe. You just go over to Japan. And if you want, you can call a less physical competition. That's up to you. So I think we've got to allow people like Todd, who's been a wonderful servant to the game and others, to jump up there for six months because that season now is aligned with our Super Rugby season. That's right. And I think, you know, you just got to think about other ways of sort of doing it. The South African players, they've been big up there recently. So I don't think people like Todd, I think they're doing it right, to be honest with you. If you if you really want to make sure that you're competing with the Northern Hemisphere, as a New Zealand Rugby Union right now, or New Zealand Rugby as they are now called, do you not look at Japan and say, you are, you're our vehicle? Yeah. We can keep players here by saying, top up your salary in Japan every year in the top 14, come back to Super Rugby. That's your season from mm. here on in. And the thing is too... Well, how many years did you spend up there? Ten? Eight, nine. Nine, nine years. I was there, nine. The balances, the balances, you still have to have some kind of governance around on who let, who you let go because what you can't do is you can't have all your super players going up there because then your mighty team cup's no good. True. So you do have to have balance. But a guy like Todd, Hundred percent, let him go. Um, you know, go like say Frizzell, keep him around because he's a. But so you're saying put a put a service clause in there. Yeah, if something you've like given that. seven, eight years to your Super Rugby franchise, yep. by all means, here's your top up bonus. Luke Romano, if if they want you, Luke Romano. No, no. Go Imagine there. how many people Luke Romano would kill on the top. Oh league. yeah, well he's killing people in modern ten. So that's what I mean. A like, real problem. It'd be it? like the Godzilla poster all over again. Just Luke <laughs> Romano in Tokyo, just crushing buildings. Batesy, what are you most looking forward to this weekend from a game point of view? Um, Finally here on the short ball today. Oh, gee, do I have to have one? Yeah, you have to have one. We're going to New Plymouth tomorrow. Exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But We um, might have to drive. There's a weather bomb. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. I hope you've got some good music for us. Yeah, Last time I went with yeah, you, it was interesting. Don't, don't talk about that. It was interesting. Don't, don't talk about that music, mate. No, no. I, I didn't just, say it was bad. It was just interesting. No, I was just playing that just to see what your reaction was. So, you know, because we hadn't done a big roadie together for a yeah. while. I just wanted to see how you reacted. Yeah. You didn't really enjoy my Jim Reeves, which I thought was on point. But I didn't you mind didn't. Your Jim Reeves. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, I'm happy with that then. But um, to get back to your original question, if I've only allowed to choose one. Yes. I'm down to two. I'm down to one. I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go the Shield Challenge. Yeah. I'm going to go the Shield Challenge. Yeah, I, I think like that's that massive. Yeah, I like mm. that game. And I'm going to go the Battle of the Bridge. Yep, fair enough. There was the two I was down to. Because... I, I tell you why, because, and, and only, but only with this caveat, only if Harbour still have a chance of yeah. making the playoffs. Good point. Yep. Yep. It won't matter to Harbour. Jipper Parsons will still be out there trying to trying to win the game. He'll still be out there after 100 minutes trying to win that game if he loses. <laughs> but I, I, I look forward to that. I think it's a great round. The last round of the Modern 10 Cup. We haven't even touched on the Fazza Pazza. Two great semi-finals in the Premiership. Won't worry about the Championship today, but uh, in the Premiership, Manawatu taking on Canterbury. Tough for them. Yeah. And uh, Waikato taking on counties. Uh, 
we need to spend some time next time on the short ball talking about some of the county's forwards uh, because uh, there is horrific damage being done mm. by that county's Monaco Heat forward pack. Yeah. Horrific damage. Those Waikato girls, they have got to play hit and run, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're quite good. Yeah. Don't worry about Quick that. Quick hands. Yeah. Quick hands. They've just got to keep the ball yeah. in play. Yeah. You're not taking the ball up against Kari Mailata. That's, <laughs> uh, that's for sure. That's been it for the short ball today. Enjoy all the footy on Rugby Pass. Don't forget Heineken Cup starts this weekend, or should I say the Champions Cup starts this weekend as well in Europe. So something to look forward to. You can catch all that on rugbypass.com. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.